Well, hello. I'm Erica Bruce, and this is Lifestyle Listed, a podcast I created for you and me to develop a relationship and discuss things about lifestyle. I am a realtor licensed in Maine, New Hampshire, and Massachusetts, and many of my episodes will be real estate focused, but also other things business and lifestyle related. Listen up. I hope we have a wonderful time together today. Hey, everybody. This is episode number 24. This is going to be um, part of the New Hampshire con- contract series. And these episodes are going to be a little bit longer because they include detailed content um, for people who are in the process of buying or selling and and want more information. Um, we're going to discuss the parameters and the purpose of a listing agreement. And in episode number 25, we will review the purchase and sales agreement. So. If you have some time, you may want to dedicate like maybe 30, 45 minutes to this episode. You can certainly skip around to areas that you're most concerned with. And also, if you stay to the end, I will tell you about um, my discounts that I share with everyone and where to find those. So I'm going to jump on over to the actual listing agreement. Um, The listing agreement's purpose is to have a seller sign a contract with a brokerage or firm in order to market their property and list it for sale. So the parameters are going to include the name of the seller, um, hereby gives the undersigned firm, so that's going to be the brokerage. In my case, this would be Better Homes and Gardens Masiello, okay? And the date that this contract is being written in consideration of the firm's agreement to list and promote. Here's the interesting part, the sale, lease, or exchange of property. Okay. Located at, and here's, you're going to have the address. If it's um, just a lot, you're going to have the lot owned by seller consisting of, this is going to be a short description of the property consisting of a single family home, three bedrooms, two bathrooms, whatever you want to put here. Um, sometimes if there's multiple items on the deed, it may be really good to specifically, um, say which items on the deed that you are conveying, um, and including any other property, real or personal, um, subsequently added thereto, recorded in the blank county registry of deeds. So in New Hampshire, um, when a property is sold, it's going to be recorded in the, it should be (laughs) recorded in the registry of deeds for the county it's located in. So uh, often for me, it's Carroll, Belknap, Stratford, Merrimack, anything basically south of Carroll. Um, Of the contract price or blank of the lease amount now. So um, sorry, I skipped ahead there. Um, It's going to mention the deeds in the book, which book it's in, and the page here. Um, the exclusive right to sell, lease, or exchange said property at a price of blank. And this is going to be your listing price that you're going to put here. I don't know. Maybe it's 540000 Maybe it's 10000 Whatever it is. It's going to go here. Keep in mind this can be changed at another time. Um, at any time during the process until it goes under agreement with another form. On the terms herein stated, meaning any other terms included in this contract, 
or at any other price in terms in which the seller may authorize or consent. Meaning if your list price is like say 540 and you authorize them to accept a purchase contract for 530, you know, that is also allowed. If during the term of this agreement, an individual or entity is procured who is ready, willing, and able, that's very key there, to purchase at said price or upon other terms, which the seller may agree, the seller then agrees to pay the firm a commission of blank of the contract price. Pause. Uh, oftentimes, this is 6%. That would allow us to keep 3% for the listing side and uh, offer 3% to the buyer side. Not all states operate in this way. And in some cases, this isn't necessarily the amount um, that the total you know, maximum amount, or it could it could be for further discussion. Again, anything can be changed in the future. But often it's 6% of the contracted price or blank of the lease amount. If we're not doing a lease, um, we could, you know, NA, right? Or, and then it gives you blank lines, whatever you want to put there, um, whatever your terms of agreement are. Uh, it could, you know, it could possibly be a flat amount. This is somewhat newer, um, commission due shall be based on, and you have a choice, either the gross contract price or the net contract price. And it even includes an explanation, while the gross contract price, less amounts paid on behalf of the buyer, such as closing costs. Meaning the gross contract price is the price listed on the very first page of the purchase and sales, which I'll be going over with you guys in the next episode. The net contract price is the price on the front, less any credits to the buyer. So what the what the seller is actually netting for their property. Let's say it's listed for 300, they get an offer for 300, yay, but the offer includes 5,000 cash back to buyer. Well, that net contract price is 300 minus five, which is 295. This agreement shall be in effect from blank through blank. Uh, depending on how the market's going this timeline, um, can change or depending on what the seller's needs are. Maybe the seller's not even close to ready, but you you want to sign a contract so you have the agent to help you with preparation and getting it ready and discussing everything because once you sign the contract, all your information becomes confidential. More information about that is the broker disclosure form that should have been provided to you earlier by the agent. Upon full execution, of a contract or sale and purchase of property, the expiration date of this agreement shall automatically be extended to the closing date specified in the purchase and sales and shall remain that date even if the contract is extended. That's so that if, for example, you're closing under contract and you're closing and the closing date is actually past your through date, um, this will automatically extend so that you can close as the contracted firm or agent. It is understood that unless otherwise indicated below, the firm will enter this listing into the New England Real Estate Network Multiple Listing Service or any other appropriate multiple listing service, collectively MLS. Two business days or within one business day after publicly marketing a residential property, they're talking about the new coming soon rules here, which information shall be distributed electronically and by other means. Let's pause for a second there. 
So Eric, if I sign this contract, I have to have it in the multiple listing service within two days, or if it's marketed coming soon, one day after agreeing to it. There is a way to go around that, and that would be to put in the you know, extra parameters that this property will be listed live on the MLS X amount of days from receipt of photography. You could name a specific date. Um, the purpose of receipt of photography is it gives the seller time to prepare their property. And then once the photos are taken, it's, it's understood that it's ready to be listed at that point. Um, so there is a way around that so that you can uh, create a contract agreement with your listing agent so that they can help you through the preparation process as well, which I've done many times. A lot of people will say, you know, I really crack the whip and I give you guys a list of stuff to do, but the stuff I give you as a list to do really, really helps. So continue again. The commission as provided above, they're just saying what's listed above, also be due if the property is contracted to be sold or has been sold, leased, conveyed, exchanged, or otherwise transferred within blank months after the expiration, expiration or rescission of this agreement to anyone who the firm procured, procured. Um, so if it's contracted to be sold um, or any of the other parts within, we'll say six months after this expires or it's rescinded, meaning it's canceled by someone the firm has procured, you still have to pay us. And that makes sense. Um, we procured the buyer, this expire, you let, let's just say, for example, you let this expire so that the buyer, you know, you didn't have to pay the agent's fee. Well, guess what? You still would as long as you went under contract with the amount of months there. Um, there you go. And they even say, unless the property has been listed with another licensed broker on an exclusive basis. So unless you've chose to change um, the broker that you're using. Pause for a second there. Before you go ahead and change your broker, it is always good to reach out to your your actual listing agent and say, hey, I need more of this. I need less of this. I'm not happy with this. What can we do? Communication is key because as much as we try to provide to you, we may be contacting you too much. We may be giving you too much information. We may not be giving you enough. So it's always good to set up expectations. And if we're not, you know, fulfilling them, definitely check in with us. A lot of us are going to be, oh, I didn't realize. I'll correct that right away. Okay. If that doesn't work, you can reach out to the firm or the brokerage, as you guys would think about it, that the agent works with, that this actual contract is with, and say, hey, the agent I'm contracted with, designated on this contract, isn't working out. These are my needs. Can you assign me or suggest another agent in your firm? I would go with that step before completely switching to another firm, especially since this firm already has all of the information um, provided to them in order to list your home, right? So it goes on to talk about what procurement means, but it's included, but not limited to providing information about the property, showing the property, or presenting offers on the property. It's just giving you an idea of who these parties are that we can consider have been procured. Um, next, it goes on to talk about the escrow deposit. <clears throat> so when you execute a purchase and sales agreement, 
there is an escrow deposit received. Should an escrow deposit on a fully executed purchase and sales agreement be forfeited? The keyword here is forfeited. Um, one half shall belong to the undersigned seller and one half shall belong to the above named firm as a fee for professional services or blank. Most commonly I put here for marketing and photography. This has happened um, before and it has happened to me on uh, one particular occasion that's very memorable. It was a very large deposit. For whatever reason, it was forfeited. They stopped talking to us. They stopped talking to their agent, but they forfeited their deposit. Um, and then the seller got to keep half of that deposit themselves as the firm was able to keep half as well. And we continued to actually go and sell it to another party. Designated agency. This would be the same as with the buyer's agency. This firm practices designated agency. This means that the seller is appointed a specific agent who will represent them in the transaction and who owes the seller fiduciary duties. Loyalty, obedience, disclosure, confidentiality, reasonable care, diligence, and accounting. Um, these particular duties are ones that we promise to you. And if we choose to go above and beyond that, you're, you got an awesome agent. Goes on to explain more that a designated agent will represent the seller and only them. All other agents in the firm don't represent the seller. And they're letting you know that they may represent a potential buyer. Okay, so like, say me and Susie, Susie and I work for the same broker, okay? I have a listing. I represent um, my client who is selling their property, the seller, and Susie represents a potential buyer. We both work under the same brokerage. A lot of times we may not even know each other depending on the size of the brokerage or even have the same office or even have done a transaction before, but the firm is the same contracted firm. It's just explaining that to you. The seller consents to designated agency and the appointment of blank as seller's designated agent. So your appointed agent is usually going to be the one that's with you explaining this to you. Um, it would be me um, or me and someone else. Or, you know, if you have a team, it may include multiple people. That's why it says agents um, disclose dual agency. This is going to be a repetitive thing that you're going to see in the contracts. It is disclosing this to you as a consumer. Dual agency. The seller acknowledges that real estate agents may and can represent both the buyer and seller in a transaction, but only with the knowledge and written consent of both the buyer and seller. We can do it. It can be done. Knowledge and written consent has to be from both the buyer and the seller, which doesn't happen all that often. If the agent obtains written consent to represent both the seller and the buyer, there is a limitation on the agent's ability to represent either party fully and exclusively. Information obtained within the confidentiality and trust of the fiduciary relationship mentioned above and also mentioned you know, on the brokerage relationship disclosure with one party must not be disclosed to the other party without prior written consent of the party to whom the information pertains. That being said, 
any information obtained within the confidentiality and trust of the fiduciary relationship with one party shouldn't be disclosed to another party without consent. This in particular written consent. Okay. So it explains what dual agency is. I have done it maybe a handful of times. Um, one specifically that jumps out to me is a person was selling their, their property to the person who was actually living there and renting it from them. Okay. Um, it goes on to say, if the seller would like the property shown to buyers who are also represented by the seller's designated agents, me or whoever your designated agent is, there is a potential for dual agency. You're just acknowledging that you're okay with showings occurring, even though there is a potential. And guess what? That does not mean you're agreeing to dual agency. You would have to sign a separate dual agency informed consent agreement prior to considering an offer to purchase the property from that particular designated agent's uh, buyer clients. Um, you do not have to agree to that. It is not something you have to agree to. You don't have to. So, and then you can either choose to show or you can choose to not do the dual agency showings. I'm going to pause right here for a second and keep my pets under control. I'm back. You know, I always say real estate, real life happens all the time. <laughs> so next it's going to go over the duties of the seller. Are you guys seeing any similarities here between this and the buyer's agency agreement? So the seller acknowledges they have a duty to disclose, meaning tell the firm all pertinent information about the property, anything having to do with the property, adverse or otherwise, good or bad. And the seller understands that all such information will be disclosed by the firm to the potential purchaser because we are legally obligated to do so. However, it's also in your best interest for us to do so. Um, the seller agrees to hold the firm harmless from any claims which may result from their failure to disclose such information about the property. That makes sense. You cannot hold us um, accountable for something that you never told us. <laughs> if any pertinent fact, event, or information about the property comes to the seller's attention between signing this um, and the property disclosure, which is a form that's required in New Hampshire uh, for the sellers to complete, and the closing, the seller will immediately notify the potential purchaser and the firm of the same in writing. So sometimes things could happen between when you put your house up for a listing and when it goes under contract. And if anything does, you need to let us know, as well as the potential purchaser, also to be covered further in the purchase and sales agreement of what's going on so that we can disclose it and also we can help you to figure out what to do. The scope of services. The seller understands that the firm is being retained solely as a real estate agent, just a real estate agent. We're not an attorney, tax advisor, lender, appraiser, surveyor, structural engineer, home inspector, or other professional service provider. 
pause. We, <laughs> these are all people that are potentially and often included in a home sale transaction. While we may have some knowledge about how these particular roles work in conjunction with us, we are not them and we do not have their license. We don't have their knowledge. Okay. It's, so, and we'll, we're, we're supposed to <laughs> refer you to one of them if you need. It says here, you've been advised to seek professional advice concerning the condition of the property and any legal and tax matters. There you go. It's also understood that uh, and agreed by the seller that the uh, firm may provide names of service providers or products as one of a number of choices available to you. Yeah, we might provide you with um, names of service providers or products as a possible one of a number of choices, you know, that you could use. Um, you know, lenders that we've worked with before, inspection companies that we worked with before. The firm is not, shall not be held liable for any action, inaction, failure, negligence, error, or omission of a service provider or product. It's letting you know that we may refer you to these people that are professionals, you know, that can provide this information or help outside of our license. But, and it kind of makes sense, you can't hold us or the firm liable <clears throat> for what they do or don't do in their service or product. Cooperation with other brokers. The seller authorizes the following forms of cooperation. Cooperation with licensees from other firms who will represent the interests of the buyers, i.e. buyer's agency. Firm's policy is to compensate the buyer agent a blank commission of the contract price or blank. So, yes, uh, we co cooperate with licensees from other firms as long as they're, you know, licensed in the state. Um, it is up to the seller and the firm or the agent here. Uh, usually, you would be putting half of the amount. In some cases, and I've noticed that occurring more commonly in New Hampshire, the reimbursement about, amount of the buyer's agent is coming out of your 6%. Recently, I've noticed that it is basically half a percent less than half. Keep in mind, we can always pay more that's than what's listed in the MLS, but the percent or contracted price amount here is what goes in the MLS, and we have to pay that, at least that, obligated to. Even if it's put in there by error, we have to pay it. So, um, yes. And then at the bottom, you're going to have seller initials and the firm initials. Seller auth on the next page, the seller also operate, you know, cooperate with licensees for other firms who are not acting on behalf of the consumer, either as a seller agent or buyer agent. Firms policy is to compensate facilitators a blank percent commission of the contracted price or blank. So the only difference between this statement and the prior statement is we're compensating instead of buyer's agents, we're compensating facilitators. A buyer's agent is a full contract. A facilitator is a contract to handle paperwork and uh, money. So sometimes uh, we would be compensating a facilitator a lower percentage amount. Uh, 
facilitators don't show properties, they don't advise, they're there just to do the duties of helping with the paperwork, monies and whatnot. Um, yes, we do offer that. <clears throat> if there's any other cooperation arrangements, arrangements that differ from the above, they are detailed under additional provisions. And then there's option D, which is none of the above. If this box is checked, the property cannot be placed in the MLS. So that would be the case if you didn't want it placed in the MLS um, and didn't want you know, a publicized uh, amount of commission. Um, I've never checked that. <clears throat> uh, it is my understanding that it's only checked in very certain circumstances because um, it is always in your best interest to place the property in the MLS, even if your name's not disclosed, right? So number eight, special conditions. This is the what's included, what's not included. <clears throat> um, I will tell you what I do and what I suggest. The options are yes and no. A for sale sign may be placed on the property. Yes, no. Sometimes this option is actually not up to the owner of the property. Sometimes they're in an HOA. Um, Sometimes an HOA will say, you know, we can't put a sign on the lawn. Maybe it could go in the window. Property will be advertised and marketed at the firm's discretion. Special conditions here is always yes, because we're paying for the marketing. Um, we have the expertise. We have the knowledge. I mean, with Better Homes and Gardens, it automatically goes out to, you know, so social marketing uh, for the first three days. It's in your best interest to be marketed per the firm's discretion. Um, a key to the building will be on file with the firm. Yes, oftentimes on file means in the possession of the listing agent. It could mean in a lockbox at the house, those types of things. And then the next question is a lockbox may be placed on the property, yes or no. I prefer to place a lockbox at the property so that the seller knows that it's there. Um, the seller knows what the combination is and that's where the key is. If for some reason um, the showings don't require the listing agent to be present or someone else is subbing for the listing agent from the same brokerage, that the key would be available at the property. <clears throat> Firm must be present for all showings. I most often suggest yes, and sometimes I will suggest no. Let me explain. It is best for us to be at the property for showing because we're going to point out visible defects. We're going to know more about the property and be able to meet and conversate with a potential buyer and their agent. Sometimes the agent has questions. Do you have offers in hand? Can you tell me this? Can you tell me that? And it's always best to be there to properly um, represent the home. That being said, um, sometimes you want a showing to occur, but we're not available for the reason that, hey, we have our own life, we're at a doctor's appointment. Uh, the time they've requested is past my working hours, you know, 9 p.m. Um, for whatever reason, we're not able to be there. It would be good to say no here so that their agent uh, would be present. However, I will let you know whether this is checked yes or no. An agent, a licensed agent, must be present for any showing. Okay, so whether it's your agent or the buyer's agent, someone who is a licensed agent will be present. <clears throat> Both of these are kind of an obvious yes, yes to me. 
exterior pictures of the property may be taken, interior pictures of the property be taken, may be taken. I don't care how terrible it looks. It's way better to take a picture and put that on than to not, okay? Um, people are going to assume the worst if a picture is missing. And also what is terrible, what is bad is entirely up to the viewer. Um, a recent sale that I did with buyers of a home that was very much stripped on the inside, but it was very cleanly stripped. It was on the market for a while. And I feel like if photos were of the interior, it would have been gone already because it really wasn't that it wasn't bad at all. So interior, exterior pictures, um, video or virtual tour photography is allowed at the firm's discretion. <clears throat> so I actually do, you know, um, video, sometimes video walkthroughs. Okay. A virtual tour would be like Zillow 360 or um, some of them have the, um, uh, the Roth layout where you can, you know, walk through the entire house. <clears throat> These are great. These are great. They're especially great for COVID. These are also great for orientation. It's one thing to look at a bunch of pictures of a house. These are great for larger homes, complex homes without a traditional layout, um, high-priced homes, right? Uh, luxury homes. And so, yes, is what I would suggest here. Next one, firm may disclose existence of other offers. The word here is existence, and I highly suggest checking yes, uh, because we want, if, if they ask, you know, hey, do you have any offers, or even just saying, hey, we do have an offer on the table, we'd like to know soon, it's very helpful to your seller to get offers that are serious coming in, as well as best offers. Um, Next one is property listing data may be submitted to MLS and may be used for comparables. Um, so the MLS, multiple listing service, generally we want this to say yes. Sometimes people will say no because they don't want it out publicly. They want it internally inside of a particular brokerage, which is okay. Um, we can still market it inside the brokerage. It can still get sold, but it is always best um, to be publishing it on the MLS where it goes out to whichever, all of the places you choose, you know, um, you know, all the main sites where people look for homes and may be used for comparables. Property address may be displayed on public websites. Yes or no. <clears throat> Never had anyone check. No. Um, only in extreme circumstances where the seller may be wary of having the public know this. But if someone calls about the property and asks, this is something we'd have to tell them, obviously, if they want to come see it. I'm going to say yes here um, because there's something else too, is that um, all the tax cards for every town are available to the public should you choose to want to go get them. Okay. Then again, the next one talks about the same thing with the seller's name. The seller's name may be submitted to any electronic database or MLS that may be accessed by persons other than the seller's broker, meaning other brokers or, you know, possibly buyers. Uh, you can say yes or no. Basically, what's going to happen is if you say no, it's going to say, you know, um, you know, private information or permission to not disclose. Most of the time we say yes, the like I said, the information is available on the tax cards in the town. That's public information. 
if yes is checked above, we want to know if the property documents, not including the seller disclosure statement, so uh, we're talking about the tax card, the deed, um, the tax map, uh, maybe there's a septic or a site assessment, the property documents, other than the disclosure, may be submitted to any electronic database or MLS that may be accessed by agents other than the seller's broker and members of the public. So there's two things you can choose here. You can choose no, okay? Or you can choose yes, and then determine if you want it just to agents or to agents and members of the public. So here's how that works. Most of the sites that you access do not have the property documents available, okay? <clears throat> However, if you access the MLS directly or NIRIN, which is where I like to set up my searches for my buyers, if this is checked yes and agents other than the seller's broker is checked yes, which it should be, because otherwise every person that has anyone interested is going to call you and ask you for them, um, and then there's members of the public. So this would allow members of the public to actually view that information if they're accessing it from the MLS, those property documents. This is always helpful. People can look at this stuff. Nobody's wasting anyone's time. We can look at the tax document. We can look at, you know, the tax map. Again, those are um, public information as well as the deed. But these are available for them to look at to further investigate, you know, prior to looking at the property. I always suggest my buyers to look at them, whether they do or not. It's up to them, really. So aside from this, remember how it said excluding the seller's disclosure statement. Now we're talking about the seller's disclosure statement. As I mentioned before, what a seller's disclosure statement is, quick, brief explanation. In New Hampshire, it is required for the seller to fill out a disclosure. Um, there is a regular, you know, residential disclosure. There's one for just land. If you have an HOA, that's an additional disclosure to add on. If you have a multifamily, that's also an additional disclosure. At any rate, <clears throat> these have to be filled out. Uh, to what extent, based on what the seller actually knows, that is up to them. We, as agents, are not actually allowed to touch them or fill them out. We can help them, um, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, help them complete them. But what th that's what that are, is a seller disclosure statement. It is a statement covering all kinds of stuff about the house, the roof, the septic system, the water, the floor, all kinds of things. Um, how the heat is provided, what the fuel is, how old it is, all kinds of details that everyone wants to know about a place, right? <clears throat> Maybe even before they go look at it. This is saying this can be accessed by agents other than the seller's broker and members of the public. I always suggest yes and yes on this one as well, so that there's not a lot of requests coming in for this document. At the very least, please make it, you know, accessible by agents other than the seller's broker. Um, so that way, if another broker has a buyer, at least they can access it. So the buyer says, hey, can I see the, can I see the disclosure statement on this property, which they should be doing? And then the agent says, oof, it's not even available to me. Hold on, let me reach out to the listing agent. So then we'd be sending out every time someone asks for it. Next one is MLS members may display an automated estimate of the market value, also known as an automated valuation model, ABM. 
of the listing in immediate conjunction with this listing on the MLS members' public websites. <coughs> um, we maybe want to usually go with no on this one. It's really up to you. I don't know if any of you realize, but even Zillow lately has said we don't have a projection. They used to have a, a Zestimate, but even if you look, a Zestimate is for entertainment purposes only. Well, I don't want to give any buyers an idea of what my property is worth, especially if it's for entertainment purposes only. So no. Um, next question. Uh, MLS members may provide a means to write comments or reviews, also known as blogging, about this listing in immediate conjunction, blah, 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 with this listing on MLS members' public websites. No. Nope. Um, we don't need to hear people's comments. We don't need to hear people's reviews directly on the MLS. Do we want to hear them if they've seen the property? Yes, um, we do. Our listing agent, at least I do, um, follows up on the listings to get reviews, to get comments, to get feedback. But do we want random people in the public blogging about a property? No, absolutely not. We don't care what anyone else has to say. Any additional provisions here uh, that are regarding the contract? Maybe you could speak to someone who's not on the contract, but, you know, you can disclose personal information. Um, is there a particular person or persons that you don't want access to the home when showing it? Um, what else? Contract cancellation. If the seller cancels the contract, is there a fee and what that is? There's a plenty of things that go can go in here, depending. I did mention before, property will be listed on the MLS. X amount of days or whatever from receipt of photography or by a certain date. Um, on other additional provisions you could have here are seller agrees to an automatic reduction in price if no offers received by X timeline or no showings by X timeline. These are things that allow listing agents to do their job without any back and forth and talking to you um, ahead of time. There are things that could go here depending on your particular situation. Here's a good one. This property is going to be sold as is. You know, put it right there in writing. That means you as a listing agent or your listing agent can only accept offers that are as is, no inspections. Um, to talk to your agent, see what it is that you need and what we want to make sure is actually in this contract or what we're more flexible about. Okay. Then at the bottom of the contract, um, you're going to have the seller's name and address um, listed here. Also, the firm, which would be the firm is the brokerage. Um, buy is going to be the agent from the firm and what their title is and the date and the address of the firm. Notice at the bottom, it does say all rights reserved for use by NHAR realtor members only. So if you're not a member of the New Hampshire Association of Realtors, you're not allowed to use this form. In fact, it's prohibited to use this form. So... Yeah, it would be tough to maybe sell a house without an agent and, you know, use this form or buy a house without an agent and use the forms. But all the forms say that at the bottom. OK, so you can't use the form unless you're an NHR realtor member, which I am, of course, by the way. Um, so I went a little bit over the um, disclosure what I want to remind you of is up next episode is going to be covering the purchase and sales agreement for New Hampshire. In New Hampshire, unlike some states, the purchase and sales agreement is 
the agreement and the contract all in one. It is the offer agreement and contract all in one. Um, I do have discounts available to you guys, as well as I share some of my favorite sites and things. Um, you can find them on my website at lifestyle-listed.com slash resources. Okay. And I hope you guys all have a great day. Please call me if you have any questions. And that's it for today. Thanks for being with me. I hope in your near future, there's a happy adventure out there. Anything you need, lifestyle-listed.com. I hope to see you there. Please like and subscribe and share with your friends. Please keep in mind that all states have the same laws revolving sales of real estate. And if you want to send a referral, please send me a text or email 603-717-6237.